Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Pop the popcorn, put on your comfiest pajamas, and grab a drink, because it's time for a new episode of Sierra Unfiltered. Hello, everyone. Hey, guys. Welcome to the first ever episode of Sierra Unfiltered. I am so excited. I feel like, you know what it feels like? I'm not nervous. I'm excited. It feels like, so we both grew up doing theater. It feels like that moment right before opening night when you're in the wings and like the overture starts and you're like, okay, like now's the time. All the butterflies. (laughs) But it's not, like, I'm not scared because we were so prepared. We've had... Well, not rehearsals because it's not actually theater, but like it feels like, okay, I know my choreography. We're all ready. Like we have our little setup here. I have my drink, which speaking of Skylar, what are you drinking? I am drinking a chai tea latte with almond milk. What are you drinking? I am drinking an iced black venti tea, which is in this little tiny cup because I drank the rest of it, but with one pump of sweetener. So cheers. Cheers. Mine's very full. (laughs) (laughs) Try not to spill it on the equipment. Hopefully not because we literally spent what like two hours getting this all set up? Something like that. It was a lot. Also. Oh oh, go ahead. (laughs) I think we both had the same term in thought. Um, Also if you guys are watching this on YouTube there are two ways you can watch this. You can watch it on YouTube or you can listen on any of the audio platforms. So you can watch. You can listen. It's up to you. Whatever Whatever floats floats your your boat. Wow. If you're you're listening, we just were about to high five. But I don't want it to be too loud, so. I made it loud. Wow. (laughs) Hand-slapping ASMR for you right there. So, um, we have been planning this podcast for forever. Like, over 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 a year. year. Wow. (laughs) We're kind of like in, uh, what is it, Frozen, when they finish each other's sandwiches. sandwiches. (laughs) That's what I was going to say. (laughs) Um, Yeah, this has been a long time in the making. I know. And I feel like. Every single time now that we're having a good conversation, we're like, oh, we should do that on the podcast. Oh, totally. And now it actually exists, which by the way, there's going to be new episodes every Monday. So I I mean, I think we're going to have more ideas than we ever will have episodes because we're best friends in real life and on YouTube. (laughs) For 10 years now. 10 years, which um, today's episode is going to be kind of about like all the weird stuff that YouTubers don't talk about. Like just there are a lot of weird behind the scenes stuff, not even like oh, it's so cool and it's so glamorous. It's There's some weird stuff and that's what we're going to get into. Totally. But our next episode is going to be kind of like 
our friendship story. Yeah, so you'll, I feel like through this episode, you'll kind of learn our dynamic a mm-hmm. little bit. We're very much like A-type personality and B-type. Mm-hmm. We're very much like opposites attract. Yeah. But we have a lot of common ground. It's true. So. It's very true. So we are going to start off every episode with an unpopular opinion. So do you want to go first? Oh, What's yours? Sure. So, my unpopular opinion for today Mm -hmm. is that superhero movies are very overrated. I feel like people are going to come for you. (laughs) I know. The comments are going to be so mean. Please be nice. My shirt right now says be nice, so please. Skylar is genuinely the nicest person I've ever met, so. I start crying. But no, I mean, I I kind of agree with you. I feel like I like superhero movies more than you do, but I'm still not, like, a huge fan. So, here's my take on it. It's kind of like a self-deprecating thing because I'm the most sensitive human. Like, I just can't take any violence. Like, you can ask my husband. I tried to see Thor Ragnarok and left hysterically crying. Like, I was like, please, no, stay. Like, you enjoy the movie. Like, it's just too much violence. Like, I just... My, like, little fragile heart can't handle it. So for me... But then you like Game of Thrones. So that's where my, like, devil's advocate (laughs) comes in. Okay, Game of Thrones is its own entity. I get it, though, because it's, like, fantasy violence, like, versus, well, I guess superhero movies are fantasy violence, too. I, yeah, I'm just gonna get dragged in the comments. I feel like Game of Thrones is a lot more intricate. There's, like, there's a lot more going on, and I feel like the violence is somewhat called for. Like, it's very much about, like, power dynamics and politics and fighting for your family, whereas I feel like a lot of superhero movies are just, like, punch, punch, kick, kick, explosion in the background for effect. But our husbands love superhero movies, and we send them (laughs) on little dates without us. They'll be offended that we said little dates. They're big dates. They, like, they do, like, a whole day. They'll, like, go to a brewery, then they'll go to dinner, then they'll go to the movie, then they'll, like... And then they'll, like, sit in the lobby and talk about it for a really long time. (laughs) They're dating. It's cool. It's fine. It's fine. (laughs) So, Sierra, what is your unpopular opinion? Mine is a hot take that I don't think is as polarizing as yours, but I think it's a lot less popular. Like, I think some people would agree with you. I don't think anyone's going to agree with me. I think sweet potato fries are superior to regular french fries. Hard disagree. Okay. I guess that is less polarizing because people feel less... Do people feel less passionate about french really fries? really passionate about french fries. <laughs> I'm really passionate about french fries. Both of us are vegetarians. So yeah. I feel like that's kind of our go-to at like any fast food place. Yeah, or it's like a veggie just... burger with sweet... And they always come with sweet potato fries, which you always don't like. You always substitute for regular yeah. fries. I love sweet potato fries. So what is so appealing about a sweet potato fry? Okay. So like just from a like nutrition standpoint, they have a lot more like nutrients you know they're like they're a lot more healthy and not in terms of like calories or anything just like they have like a lot of things that your body needs and then also they're delicious they're delicious if you're not watching the visual version of this podcast i am eye rolling so hard (laughs) you're trying to argue that sweet potato fries are nutritious for you (laughs) they are they're like deep fried they're the same thing covered in salt the thing is i love a good sweet potato but i love sweet potato casserole but like marshmallows vegan marshmallows my grandma always makes that for thanksgiving i always make that for thanksgiving (laughs) and then no one eats it and it's just my grandma would my grandma's the same way like no one eats it except grandma golf cart yeah we call my grandma grandma (laughs) golf cart because when i was growing up she always drove a golf cart so we'd be like are we going to grandma's with the golf cart and Grandma there Golf Cart, go. which I'm doing That's a video. That's how you know that we've been friends for 10 that years. You know Grandma Golf Cart, and you call her Grandma Golf Cart. Like, yes. when you see her, you're not like, hi, Marie. You're like, hi, Grandma Golf Cart. 
<laughs> but anyways, <laughs> enough about grandma golf cart and sweet potato fries. Should we talk about the topic of the day? Oh, yes. Let's get into it. Okay. So we're going to be talking about kind of like the behind the scenes of YouTube. But I feel like a lot of podcasts have talked about the behind the scenes of YouTube. We're going to be talking about like the real behind the scenes. Yeah. When we were figuring out how we wanted to title this, I was like, I want to title it like, like the weird shit YouTubers don't show you, but not like, I don't want to put like shit in my title because I don't really curse that much. Especially the first episode. (laughs) So... Okay, so if first, you, go oh, ahead. Sorry, no. I was just going to preface this. If you don't know, I work for Sierra on her channel. I have for about the last year. Now I'm working pretty much full-time. Um, I also do theater, so I do that some of the time. Mm-hmm. But So I have an insight into some of the things that you might find normal and have come accustomed to. Yeah, I've been that. doing it for like four years, so I think a lot of things in my brain are normal. And then I tell other totally. people about it, and they're like, wait that's how that works and I'm like oh wait like most people don't know that so I guess the first thing is there's kind of like let's talk about the culture of YouTube let's get started on that (laughs) I have a lot to say and I know you do as well okay so I feel like YouTube culture can be one of two things Mm -hmm. it can be either like the best most enriching thing Mm -hmm. like I feel like a lot of times we've met people at conventions or for collabs that are great. Like, yeah. I think of, like, Carrie Dayton. I think of Lisa Schwartz. Yeah. I think of lots of wonderful people who you would build genuine connections with. And then I also think of different subsects of YouTube. Were you going to talk about my BeautyCon experience? Oh. I mean, I think you should talk about okay. your BeautyCon experience. So, like Skylar said, there are some, like, phenomenal people in the YouTube community and, like, so much of YouTube culture in the people that I surround myself with is like everyone wants to share everything they know because like we're all in it together like we're not competing against each other like we're totally. all kind of in the, we're all in this together to quote my favorite movie of all time High School Musical um but there are some genres of YouTube that have this it's almost like you have to have an ego to be taken seriously so like the story I always tell is so I went to BeautyCon I've been to BeautyCon the last three years and I kind of I dress and I look like a normal person like no one would see me on the street and be like oh that girl's like an an influencer like I just look like a normal person you know well and I also want to preface this with saying we're gonna talk about the BeautyCon experience because that's the most dramatic one right but at every event with every subsect of people whether it's family vloggers or gamers no there are wonderful people and bad people this is like easily my worst experience totally so I'm at BeautyCon and there I was an invited guest and I was so excited I was basically like a featured creator I was super super excited so I go and I was by myself I didn't have a plus one or anything so I was just talking to people and they had um like a headshot area where creators could get photos taken of themselves so it's like oh that's cool so there's like three people in line I wait in line and I get to the front of the line and the photographer goes oh sweetie this is just for creators and I looked at him and I was like oh I am I am a creator and I like showed my badge and he's like what do you do like he didn't believe that I was a creator because I I didn't have like flawless makeup or you know a thousand dollar outfit or I didn't walk up to the front of the line and go I'm important take my photo like I was just waiting my turn which I guess most people in the beauty community well not most people but some people in the beauty community would want to go up to the front at that event yes at that event that's what I'm trying to say and so I'm like, no, I, I am a creator. And he's like, okay, well, you know. And so he takes other people's photos. I'm waiting. Finally, it's my turn. And then this guy walks up and is like, uh, excuse me, I'm really good friends with the guy who runs BeautyCon. And, and he 
was like a white guy with dreads that were dyed purple and like that a grill. That paints enough of a picture. That, that paints your picture. He's like, I, basically, he walked up. He's like, I'm important. No one else matters. Take my photo. And so the photographer is like, whatever, and starts doing the guy's photos. I'm like, it's fine. I'll be next. Then I go up. He takes my photos. Everyone else he spent maybe 10 to 15 minutes on. He probably spent a total of a minute and a half on me. And then I said, oh, you know, where do I find the photos? And he's like, oh, it's at this link. You know, and he gave me like the little business card where the link with the photos would be. I click on the link two days later. Everyone's photos like before and after me were up and not mine. Like he just didn't upload my photos. (laughs) It's just so upsetting to me. I, I still remember the first time you told me that story. I felt like I've never wanted to punch someone in my life, but I want to punch him in the face. And it's not just him. It's the entire culture around it. And it's hard because I feel like when you go to things that have beauty creators, or not beauty creators, like lifestyle beauty gurus versus like makeup artists, I feel like then you feel like the outcast because like your like a mid-sized body well and that's the thing though is a lot of the times I in the YouTube community I do feel a little bit ostracized because of my size but I don't think that was it exactly because the beauty community is all about inclusivity there were so many different bodies and different looks and different skin tones and different ethnicities at this event it wasn't because I'm kind of fat it's because and I'm not saying that in a degrading way it's because I was in like a normal looking purple dress and had brown hair and normal makeup like I didn't and that's exactly what I'm saying is I think at I think at events with traditional beauty gurus everyone tends to look kind of the same and Mm -hmm. so you stand out and so then in turn you aren't as included whereas in this you kind of blended into the background and I was ignored for that reason. Yeah, so it's kind of like you can't win. But so there are events like that where, and and situations like that where it is very much about how you act and you you kind of, there's this idea that you have to act entitled for people to think you're important. And that's just not me. Like I just don't, I'm never going to walk up to the front of the photo line and be like, take my photo, I'm Sarah Schultz. Like I'm just not, you know? And that's fine. Like I'd rather have my dignity than my photo taken. But also I think that can kind of, turn around and be a downfall when it comes to imposter syndrome yeah oh (laughs) that's true we talk about that a lot I have really bad imposter syndrome really bad guys (laughs) like I I think that as someone who works on your channel and also your best friend I always am like so what would you say you're you are more first of all Skylar's like really smart about protecting my safety yeah so I think part like the imposter syndrome basically if you don't know what that is it's the idea of like I'm faking it and everyone else has it figured out. Yeah. So it's the idea of like, if I'm at a YouTube event, everyone else deserves to be there. And like, why, why am I here? Like, I can't process like, oh, well, I'm here because, you know, X, Y, and Z. I'm just like, no, I shouldn't be here. And so I think because of that, I kind of like underestimate my channel and like. Well, like your reach. Yeah, my reach. Like, go ahead. I was going to say, especially a lot of times talking about conventions like BeautyCon or VidCon or any of the other cons yeah I think that you don't think you're going to get mobbed or that it's going to be an issue because in my brain I'm like why would I like (laughs) no one you're like oh you know 30 people watch me when in reality you have videos that have millions and millions of views yeah you so many people even if they aren't subscribed to your channel have seen your face and recognize you and if one person goes up to you and someone else recognizes you and maybe wouldn't have approached you that person is in turn going to approach you yeah so like VidCon is next week 
And I was telling Sky, so I am invited to VidCon this year, which is really cool. I've never been invited before. But Skylar, I was going to go regardless, like just as a fan. And Skylar was like, I don't know if you should go like without, be if you're not invited, because that could be like a safety hazard. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like four people are going to come up to me. And then I started thinking about it. I was like, you know what? Maybe Skylar's right. So you're really good about like calling me out about my imposter syndrome. But also I think it's worsened at events like BDCon, like we were talking about, where there's that kind of like, ego-driven thing and I think I do better when like we're at workshops where it's like so like we go to these YouTube workshops that like big fan they're so great because there's so many subsects of YouTube that like you don't think about like when I think about the face of YouTube I think about the personalities I think about like the like I don't know like all the like the Cody Coe's and the Elle Mills Shane Dawson, Shane Dawson yeah. like the the faces of YouTube but there are like, I think the statistic is, like, over 20,000 channels with over a million subscribers. So, obviously, we don't know every channel that's huge. And we go to these workshops, and it's, like, a guy who has 2 million subscribers and, like, does balloon animal art. And he's, like, really passionate about it. And everyone we meet is so nice. At so nice. Because I feel like at VidCon or other conventions, people go not necessarily to learn they're going to like meet fans which is great they're yeah. going for like the notoriety of it to take the photos. parties yeah. yeah whereas if you're going to a youtube workshop it's because like you're aware that your channel could use help and yeah. you want to like better yourself so it's always people with like you know their laptops and they're ready to go at eight in the morning and learn and yeah. but we meet lots of different creators at those they're so great and i feel like whenever i walk away from those workshops i'm like i love youtube culture like everyone's so nice also, those are always fun because we're always buddy-buddy in that. And yeah. so I feel like we're able to, like, be a dynamic networking duo, which is always great. And I think some of my and our most, like, genuine friendships that have come from YouTube are either from those or from people just, like, me sliding into someone's DMs or them sliding into mine. Mm-hmm. Like, our, like Lisa Schwartz, Carrie Dayton. Jocelyn Davis. Jocelyn Davis. Um, like even there's a family channel who are like our favorite people. They're called the Scories and they're <gasps> siblings. Big shout out to the Scories. Big shout out to the Scories. I like they were my first YouTube friends and they're I love so them awesome. so much. And all of those people like we're friends outside of YouTube. Like we text yeah. about non-YouTube things and it's not just like let's meet up for a collab. It's like no like let's meet up and like hang out and if we film something cool and if not like I, also cool. I, also cool. <laughs> Sometimes even better, yeah. you know? Like, I collabed with Lisa yesterday, which I think, it's not going to be up when this podcast goes up, but it'll be up soon. And we literally were, like, going to film, and then we went and we sat at lunch for three hours just talking. And then that's we were like, the oh, well, I guess we could still film. And then we filmed, but, like, that's not what it was about. It yeah. was just, like, us talking about YouTube, but also talking about, like, non-YouTube things. So, on that same note, yeah. let's talk about collabs. Because okay. I feel like... <laughs> In the last, what would you say, two years on your channel, I don't think you've done a single collab that wasn't started because of, like, a genuine friendship. Absolutely. I've never been, like, set up on, like, a blind date collab. It's but, I, always... but I think in the beginning days of YouTube. That was the thing to do. Is yeah, like that's what everyone did. Yeah. People and, with millions of subscribers. And it was very, like, transactional back then. Yeah. It was like, I will make a video with you. You will make a video with me. We'll shout each other out. And now it's like, I, I meet someone... I see that, like, we get along well. Maybe our content's similar. Maybe it's not even. Like, me and Jocelyn's content, not that similar. 
mm-hmm. one of the best collabs I've ever done. Yeah. Because we're friends and even, we get along. <laughs> even you and Hannah Witten. Yes. Make totally different content. But you guys are very similar, you have a great dynamic, and your audiences are very similar, and so they want to be pushed to channels that maybe are a little outside of their zone, but, like, are educational and uplifting and have the same morals. Well, and I feel like, I mean, Hannah Witten and I were friends for, like, two and a half years before we ever filmed a video together, just because we like each other. (laughs) Like, we just get along. And, and I'm so glad that YouTube has moved away from that collab culture. I mean, that also was when, like, challenges were what you did on your channel. That's It true. was like, let's do the whisper challenge. Let's do the, I don't know. Speaking of challenges, one of, like, the earlier videos on my channel is a sibling challenge I did with my little brother. And he was 11 when we did it. And now he's about to be 17. Wait, no. He was 12 when we did it. Now he's about to be 17. Mm-hmm. And I think we should recreate it, he and I, because his voice hadn't changed yet. And he was so little. Little baby Austin. He's so precious. Um, We need to get him on the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) We should do, like, him and Jordan. I don't know how we'd convince him. Let me me pull up. Austin texted me. So I got my my recreating celebrity photos video featured in a BuzzFeed article. And I sent the link to my family. And everyone's like, that's so cool, Sierra. And Austin just goes, radical. (laughs) Kyle literally sent me, I should show you, it was like a gigantic text being like, I'm so proud of the work you and Sierra are doing. Your whole team is so wonderful. It's so awesome. You're getting recognition. Austin. Austin. Radical. (laughs) Two times the guys. (laughs) My little brother is like, I mean, you guys see him on the channel from time to time, but he's like the ultimate surfer bro, which is so funny because he used to be the most like high-pitched, hyperactive little kid. Well, he used to do theater. He used to do theater. And and, and he still has that like personality. Oh, yeah. But he literally goes to the beach multiple times per day in the summer. Like not just like every day. Like we were driving to the fair and he's like, oh, we're going by the beach. Like we should stop for a little bit. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And he's like, you know, just like ride a few waves and then go to the fair. And I was like, you're like, ride a few waves. Yeah, like, I don't surf. Like, what are you, are you talking you about? Teach me? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Ugh. Also, I keep forgetting we're recording, which I feel like is the best that's a good, sign. Yeah. Because I feel like we're just having genuine conversation. Yeah. Which and is what we want. I mean, and that's the thing with the podcast is like, that's one of the reasons I wanted to do it is because like, it, I mean, it's not like I'm a different person on my channel. It's just that I have to condense what I say more mm-hmm. because my videos can't be an hour and a half of me just talking about what's on my mind. Like, I try to make it concise. And then in the comments, someone's like, oh, I wish you would have talked about this. And I'm like, I wanted to, but either I recorded it and then I cut it out because it was too long or I was like, I got to just move to the next thing. Totally. And people used to love your sit and chats where you talked about like body positivity and confidence. And so I'm excited to get to touch on those things. Yeah, me too. But also I feel like a big side of your personality is like the comedy side. (laughs) Like I feel like you're a really funny person in real life. And I guess like especially with your videos nowadays, like you can tell that. But I campaigned for class clown in seventh grade and I didn't win, but I won best eyes and I was really offended. I was like, um, excuse me. Like that's, that's not a superlative I want. Like I want to be like class clown, but I guess I'm like not that funny. I mean, I think you're really funny. Thanks. But you and me and no one else. (laughs) Steven, just like, yeah, no, it's just you two. Um, so speaking about Austin, do we want to talk about like families and people from high school and just kind of that side of of YouTube yeah so okay so first of all like when I started my a lot of people I know who are YouTubers they talk about how like 
their families don't get it or their families aren't supportive. Like my family is so awesome and supportive about it. Like my mom watches all my videos like and my vlogs. Like I'm sure she's watching this. Hi mom. Um, and like my grandma watches my videos and like everyone's just so awesome. And even when I started my channel and I kind of, I didn't stop going to college altogether, but I took a lighter class load so I could like really focus on my channel. And my mom and my dad told me, they were like, you know, good for you. Follow your dreams. We believe in you. And I was like, wow, my parents really believe in me like from the start. And then more recently I said to my dad, I'm like, that's so cool that you guys believed in me so much from the beginning. And he's like, actually, we really didn't. We thought that you were going to do it for a couple months and then like, you know, go back on your career track. But we figured, you know, like if we told you not to, it would just put a riff in our relationship. So we could just tell you to do it. And then like when it failed, you'd go back to school. But then like it didn't fail. Oh, in my mind, I'm like, they believed in me. I feel like it's a good sign that obviously they like see you as successful enough now to give you that perspective. (laughs) But oh. Well, and I do feel like in the beginning, it was like me, Steven, and your parents were like kind of the pushers of your channel. Yeah. I feel like, I mean, we can talk about people from high school and... Ah, that's the worst part. Yeah. It's, it's hard. Yeah. So, okay. One of the things about YouTube in particular, and really any sort of success in your 20s, is like in your 20s, everyone's on such a different career path. Like, a life path like everyone's trying to figure it out like some people are still partying every night some people are married some people are having kids some people are like you know getting their doctorate like everyone's on a different path and like, all of those paths are great yeah you know oh yeah but it's it's so different everyone's figuring themselves out and so many people from high school who I just have to preface I have no relationship with anymore will reach out to me and ask for favors from me and I'm like you don't care about me you just care about like using my platform well and the irony of it is too when you first launched your channel they made fun of me that they have made fun of you yeah and now it's like oh well I see you're successful want some yeah like (laughs) want to give some of that to me like two case studies first is like people from my old high school friend group um made fun of me about starting a channel and would like laugh at my videos and like low-key kind of bully me about it and be like isn't this so stupid like look she thinks she can make a YouTube channel and then it became successful and then they start asking me for you know oh I want to start a YouTube channel could you post about it could you help me oh I'm running like a financial company could I do your taxes or this and that or you know do you want to like invest with my company and that I don't even respond I'm like no way but then on the other hand we have my favorite case study my like childhood best best friend He's a SoundCloud rapper. His name's Caden of California. <laughs> I was Shout out. Sure where you I was going to go say with that. He, we love Caden. Literally from the day I started my channel, he like texted me and he's like, I'm so excited for you. Like I'm your 14th subscriber. And like every time I saw him, he'd be like, good for you. Like I'm so proud of you. And then when he wanted to take like a, a, a rap album cover for his SoundCloud album. He did it right he here. He did it here on the background. And <laughs> I, he didn't even ask. I was like, do you want to come over and take it? Like literally I will do I will go to the ends of the earth for you if you believe in me. I will believe mm-hmm. in you. But if you make fun of me about starting a YouTube channel and then once it's going well, you want to, like, hop on board, like, get out. Well, especially <laughs> when people are patronizing about it. I yeah. think that's just an added layer of – I think that because it's social media and there is kind of this 
air of mystery around yeah. like how much money YouTubers make yeah. and what it's actually like and how much work actually goes into it. I feel like like people from Stevens High School wouldn't reach out to him. No. To like financially advise him. Even though he has a much more stable successful. career than yeah. I do. Stevens an engineer. Like they really should be reaching out to him and not me. But it's this like oh. mystique. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so do we want to talk about some of the funny parts of YouTube? Oh my, yes. Can we please? Because there's, oh my, first of all, let's start with the nudity. <laughs> there's a lot of nudity. Especially doing fashion. You know, I'm changing all the time. Like 24-7. 24-7. If we're doing like a, like a try-on video here, I'm like changing back and forth. If we're doing an Instagram photo shoot, I'm changing in my car. Like, yeah. well, and also it's funny to see how we've evolved because we've added more team members. Mm-hmm. We now have an editor, we have a production assistant. Whereas back in the day, it was just you and I. Mm-hmm. So you could just change and yeah. it'd be fine. But now we're like, okay, we have to cut the camera, have yeah. to go in the bathroom. <laughs> there are a lot more precautions. <laughs> but even for like Instagram shoots, I feel yeah. like just like change on the beach, change in a car. One time we were filming in this studio. It was just oh, me no. and Skylar. I don't know why I wasn't wearing underwear. Do you do you know? Oh, oh I think we were doing a swimsuit video. Sure. Maybe. Let's say probably, that. Or maybe I just wasn't wearing underwear. <laughs> but I like very likely. I like threw on like a like a big long like dress just to like do something on my computer real quick, like to like mess with the audio levels. And I tipped back in my chair, like I leaned back and I fell out of my chair. No underwear in a dress, just full on like vagina out, flashed sky. And she just laid there for like a minute because we were like crying, dying, laughing. laughing. Pretty sure I peed my pants or like came very close. I would have peed my pants if I had pants, but I did not. Unfortunately, no barricades. Like I think when people think about me filming videos, it's like so glamorous. I'm like, no, I just fell out of a chair with no underwear on, which is also like the most seer thing. You're like so like fidgety and like. I feel like I'm more clumsy than you are, but I feel like... Like, if I had a pen here, I would be clicking it the entire time. Oh, yeah. Just, like, into the microphone. My, if I had my, my pop socket, I just go... All what the were time. you doing the other day during a meeting? Weren't you like stabbing like a safety pin, like weaving it through <laughs> your leggings or something? And no, I was like, my mouse pad. I had a safety pin and I was like sewing it in and out of my mouse pad. And she I was like, can you not? She with looks needles? at me. She like whacks it out of my hand. We mute the conference call because this was like a oh, it was about the podcast actually. It was like a really like official call. We mute it and we're like dying laughing and people are still talking on the other line like. So if we do the photo shoot like this and then this and we're just like dying laughing. She's like, what are you doing? Because I feel like I'm just so used to like all of your, all of your like quirks. Yeah. But sometimes I like take a step back and I'm like, you're really just like laying there with no underwear, just like vagina in the air. Like, and we're just like in your office and like, we're going to hop on a business call. Like, this is just what it is. It's like simultaneously glamorous and not glamorous. Cause like how cool that we were on like a conference call about our podcast. Oh yeah. But then like we're dying laughing because I'm like like sewing a little safety pin through my thing. Also, I feel like it's funny because a lot of actually I would say pretty much every event has an open bar, which also leads to shenanigans. And we've learned because like the first YouTube event I went to when I turned 21. I drank way too much and I've never done that since and the first YouTube event Steven went to with me that was open bar he drank too much and here's I think why and you'll hear which s- I think might be karmic because I had to take care of you the first time and, and then, then I you had, had to take, take care, care of Steven, Steven so. so now I'm just waiting for you oh <laughs> no thank you but like so here's the thing so every YouTube event is open bar because 
they want the creators to feel like taken care of and also they want people to loosen up so that they talk to each other and it's usually the open bars after like a workshop yes. or like some sort of like you're working all day yeah. and then like let's take the ease off of it and, yeah you know and and there's this like culture of when you're talking to someone you all you feel naked if you're not holding a drink in your hand well I feel like you're almost looked down upon people always like they're like oh can I get you a drink and so you don't want to be empty-handed but I learned very quickly after my first open bar 21 YouTube event <laughs> if you're holding it you will drink it because oh, yeah. it's just like a little conversation there you go mm-hmm. you're drinking your tea or your chai latte and so what we've learned is in order to go to these events and be part of that like culture of networking and drinking we alternate between going to the bar getting an actual you know like vodka soda and then going to the bar and just getting like a soda water yeah because then you're holding a drink you are you know like you don't feel out of place but you're not getting drunk I feel like people almost think you're snooty if you yeah don't. well yeah. especially at events where it's like network professionals and creators mingling yeah. I feel like you want to do everything you can to, to not come off as like snooty a traditional Influencer. snooty creator yeah um but yeah that leads to some shenanigans do we want to talk about how sometimes at networking events if we've like talked to everyone we want to talk to <gasps> oh, we, we, we play, <laughs> a, play game. a game you tell you tell the game so like once we're at a networking event and like you know, usually we'll be like, oh, I, I love this that person like two videos. or three hours in. Yeah, like we've we've talked to the people we want to talk to. We've met people that we didn't know. We've like danced on the dance floor. We'll throw out a keyword and then the other person has to find in like a minute the person who really embodies that keyword. Mm-hmm. And then we have to hold an actual conversation with them. So like, so like fuck boy. Yeah, so we'll be like, okay, we want to find, like, the biggest F-boy looking guy and, like, approach, and I'll be like, okay, Skylar, like, go find an F-boy. And so we'll be walking around the bar at, or the party or wherever, and then we'll she'll approach s- someone in, like, a money t-shirt with chains and, and like, a supreme hat yeah. and be like, hi, what kind of content do you make? And it's always do like, do you make content? I'm an entrepreneur. And you're like, oh, like, <laughs> They're what? like, you should really join TikTok. <laughs> And we're like, oh, awesome. Like, how do you monetize that? It's and have so to just, fun. like, genuinely we, uh, it's move just, forward. That's why I'm so bummed you're not coming to VidCon. Like, who's going to play, like, the, who's going to play, you like. You can do it all by yourself. But the, I have. I faith. bet Carrie will do it with me. I feel Carrie like she'll be Carrie would so down. do that with me. <laughs> uh, it's the best game. It's so good. Um. Okay. So, so do we want to move into, like, the real aspect of YouTube? Like. Yeah. Let's do it. What let's do you get into it so let's talk about first of all like the scope of everything because okay. I don't think people understand I think actually nowadays people understand that like you're not just a girl in your bedroom like yeah. filming on your iPhone right but I don't think people understand like literally two days ago we had a shoot where we had six crew members and we're on like a giant studio stage and even beyond that there are just a ton of members of the team and the inner workings of everything and the processes. Yeah, I think there's this idea still, and it is true for some creators. Like, there are a lot of creators who truly are just one person in the room, press record, and then edit the video, and it maybe takes them 30 minutes to film and two hours to edit. My videos take anywhere from, like, 5 to 15 hours to edit. There's usually about 4 to 5 hours of just planning going into it. So, for example, if we're doing a style swap video, I'll come up with the idea, and I'll be like, okay, I want to do a style swap where... I dress like the bachelorette 
And then I'll pull, like, either me or Skylar will go and find five photos that we want to recreate of those outfits. Then we have to track down each individual item. And then we have to order them. Mm-hmm. And we have to, like, find them in your size yep. that's going to get here by the date that we have to film. Mm-hmm. And then add, if, if that video is sponsored, that's a mm-hmm. whole nother thing. Because then you have to negotiate the rate, get the contract signed. Then they have to ship you the product. And all the time they're late on shipping the product. And then you have to push the video back. And then I'm like, I don't want to miss an upload date. So I got to rush to, fi- like, put together a video really quick. And then there's the actual filming, which is the fun part. And then... Well, and also even just, like, all the packages getting here. Like, you just... There's such an influx of packages. So much. And it's also, like, remembering, like, oh, this pink tracksuit is for this video, and this red hairband is for this video, and and kind of keeping our office not in shambles. Especially since I do two videos a week, which I think most creators doing my type of content don't even do one video a week. They do, like, one every other week or so especially since your content has kind of evolved and it's not necessarily like your personal fashion anymore yep. it's primarily experimental fashion which means we're not just pulling from your closet right. it's not like here's a lookbook maybe i'll buy a new dress but i can pull this jacket and these shoes it's like i'm dressing like a barbie doll right you know where we have to buy a whole new wardrobe and then also both of us try and be as eco-conscious as we can be so we've started a poshmark right so then we have we're not just donating the clothes anymore we're taking photos then listing it then packaging it then bringing it to usps and then there's actually getting the video up Mm -hmm. which you know people don't think about coming up with the title the description the tags like affiliate links where i link all the clothes that i'm Mm -hmm. wearing like there's just so much that goes into it and we're tr- we always try and be as accessible as possible. So for us, it's really important to do closed captions for people who are hard of hearing, or, yeah. you know. And so <laughs> there's just so much metadata that goes into it. Yeah. And also, I think I don't want to group in all creators with this. Right. But I think a lot of top creators don't care as much about the metadata because they just figure the video is going to get pushed out to my audience. I don't really have to worry about tags. I don't have to write a new Which, crazy description. metadata, if you guys don't know, is just the tags and the description of the video. Yeah. And so I feel like we still care just as much because I think we talk a lot about the why. And I think a lot of people on YouTube, the why is like entertaining. Mm-hmm. Like this is like comedy. It's entertaining. I mean, that's primarily what I watch. Yeah. But for us, the why is to spread a message of body positivity. And hopefully also... <laughs> Welcome to Sierra Unfiltered. I just spilled tea down my white shirt. <laughs> At least it was cold. I feel like that's kind of refreshing. That's true. It kind of is. Are <laughs> you just spreading it with your hand? I don't know how to clean it up. Oh. I'll just kind of like spread it out. And then like you can't tell. <laughs> I am disgusted. High five. <laughs> Absolutely not. You know what? Okay, I'm going to cut real quick because the audio is going to go out anyways. <laughs> I'll clean up and we'll come back. We're back. We're back. We have cleaned up our... Sarah, you spilled, I spilled the tea. tea. Oh my gosh. I, we did not plan that. I spilled the tea. I can't with us. <laughs> it is too much. <laughs> oh. Okay, so hopping back into yes. we kind of talked about the scope. We've yeah. talked about the process. Yeah. I think something that no one talks about is the stress of everything. I think you see YouTubers make videos where they're like, I'm taking a break, and it's really like uh, a pinnacle of stress for them but I don't think people talk about like the everyday stress of it I think a lot of people um look at youtubers being stressed as being ungrateful Mm -hmm. or like uh being what's even the word like just being like entitled entitled or maybe not like self-aware I think 
I also don't think people understand, like, not to stress you out, but, like, how many people rely on you when you're a YouTuber. Like, you really are running a business. Yeah. And the business is you. Like, you are your own brand. And yeah. so not only is it the stress of, like, getting videos up and yeah. and just everything that comes with that, but also, like, the stress of, like, worrying about longevity and worrying about, like, brand deals and sponsorships and, like, also managing scaling, yeah. you know? and like. On average right now, I work about 60-hour weeks, and that's been a huge decrease. I was at one time working about 85-hour weeks. Mm-hmm. And bringing on Skylar and then Carly, who's our new production assistant who's behind the camera, that has, like, and bringing on Rachel, who helps me with editing. And you like, just brought on a thumbnail editor. That's and- brought me down to 60 hours a week. But, like, that's still more than a full-time job. Like, a full-time job is 40 hours a week. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's just, I think, a lo- and I understand because a lot, it is a dream job. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I am so blessed that I get to work from home. I get to control my career. I get to make my own decisions. I get to work with my best friend. I get to have my dogs in my office. Don't get me wrong. Like, I understand how incredibly privileged I am to have that. But it's not just turn on the camera, have fun, and then it's done. Well, and also I feel like it's a lot, it's a lot of you understanding your own limitations. I think that for us, something that we talk about a lot is like, if you're choosing between being on camera talent or doing your laundry, your laundry is going to get pushed off because that's not like profitable for you. And that doesn't need to be done. There aren't a bunch of people relying on you to do that. And so it's hard when you're trying to balance being a a normal (laughs) person, also like being a wife, like having like you have a house and you have dogs and you like to travel and go out with friends and and it is so cool being able to you know be my own boss because I get to travel a lot and I think people see that but what they don't see is that I'm also working on every single trip even if it's not a work trip I'm still sticking to my video schedule I'm posting on Instagram I'm responding to business emails I'm reading through legal contracts I'm you know, working on big picture stuff like this podcast has been so much work before it even came to fruition, before anyone even saw it. And, you know, I think eventually, like, I want to be a mom and I want to keep doing YouTube when I do that, but I'm going to have to make sacrifices. And I'm, you know, to an extent, I'm like, okay, well, I don't need to have kids right away. You know, I can keep focusing on my channel, but eventually I do want to have kids. And at that point, I'll probably go down to one video a week. And I'm going to feel, no matter what people tell me, I'm going to feel like I'm letting my audience down. Well, and also I think something I think about a lot because I'm a freelance theater artist, I do stuff other than this, is being a freelance artist, I don't know anyone that gives out their phone number. Like, I give my phone number to maybe three people I work with have my phone number, but other than that, people need to contact me through my emails, and then there's a dedicated portion of my day where I go through emails. Yeah. People are constantly texting you, but also people are constantly commenting on your Instagram, you're constantly tweeting, and like, you you don't get that separation. Whereas I think people who, even if they are overworked, they still get that time of this is where the information comes in and I can sit down and I can go through it all. You're constantly, even if it's like text from me or from Carly or whoever, there are constantly questions that only you can answer. Like last night, I drove back from LA after collabing with Lisa. I got home around 10 and Steven was so cute. He like, he had a bath all set up for me with candles, like my favorite candles and like all my spa products. And then he brought me up like tea and ice water and was like, here, relax. So I relaxed for like 15 minutes in the bath and I was like, all right, I got to get to work. He's like, let's go to bed. It's 1030. And I was like, um, so I have to go through all the photos from our photo shoot, send the photographer, which ones I actually want him to edit. So that takes me like 
two hours to go through every photo and choose then I have to respond to this email I need to sign this contract I and then also I still have one more class to finish for school and I was like I need to pay my like tuition bill like it's just a million little things which is why I love going to the gym because I put my phone on airplane mode so no one can talk to me and I'm like like Skylar all the time will be in the office when I'm at the gym and I'm like she just knows like I'm I can't be on my phone at the gym yeah and literally anything else I'm always on my phone which I need to get better at that I know Hannah Witten she doesn't have her phone in her bedroom she leaves it outside which but, I oh I would love to do that I mean I think that sounds wonderful and great and I mean there are lots of things I think both you and I like I think especially me because I am not in your position are really focused on like our headspace and our mental health and like managing work-life balance and I've tried all those things but especially for what you do I think it's also rewarding to look at your phone sometimes yeah it's great to see like dms from people who are telling you that like they're inspired by you they've changed the way they're they're thinking and I think like that can be a nice way to like unwind is to see not like the fruits of your labor but like people who have a genuine connection to you reaching out to you and also like social media can be fun you know sometimes you just want to like scroll through instagram and look at some cats (laughs) you know Um, also, I think a lot of people overlook how much, like, administrative work goes into YouTube, which we talked about, like, the emails, the, Mm -hmm. like, video outlines, like, brand deals, brand deals, everything, and then also, like, there are so many, like, so first of all, for every brand deal that actually is on my channel, there are probably five or six hundred emails that don't work. Oh, and some of them are bad. They're so funny. Like, Oh, we almost did a whole video where I like ordered and tried products from brands that wanted to sponsor me. Well, so we started doing that video, but half of them just didn't show up. (laughs) Like they were fraudulent companies. And I feel like we picked out ones that were like funny, but had like real websites that we could actually order from. And still. Still they didn't come. Just didn't come. But you know what was funny? So one of them was like a, like a colored contact brand. And I remembered it so specifically because it never came and we did order and they were like $90. They emailed me again yesterday and I'm like, Bitch, I tried to order from you, and you never sent it. You're like, I am definitely not going to do a no. sponsorship with you. I mean, you. not that I ever would have, but now especially. I'm yeah. like, no way. Oh, my gosh. Also, let's circle back to kind of the sacrifices that you have to make. You talked, like, for yeah. two seconds about, like, wanting a family and having to potentially push that off. Can we talk about that? Yeah. I mean, like Skylar said, like, you know, unluckily I'm young, so, like, mm-hmm. I'm, I mean, I'm how old am I? I almost forgot. I almost said 21. I'm 23. Um, and I, so it's fine if I don't have kids right now, but like, I want to be a mom, but I, I don't want to, I don't want to not give everything in me to my kids. And I feel like right now, at least, you know, in this current moment, maybe tomorrow I'll feel differently. Maybe in a month I'll feel differently. But right now I'm like, I just don't think I could give everything I have into motherhood. And I don't want to go into that until I can. Yeah, well, I think a big part of it, too, is that, well, first of all, I don't think anyone ever feels truly 100% ready. I think that there are always things, like even for me, like Kyle and I are in an apartment right now. I would love to be in a house, but that might not happen, you know? Like, and that's fine. Lots of people raise kids in apartments. Yeah. That's life. I think that everyone always has kind of roadblocks that stop them from not just motherhood, but anything you know even if it's like applying to a job or getting in a relationship with someone they're always like pros and cons and so it's just deciding like what your priorities are yeah but I think for you 
specifically with motherhood, it's hard because I think it kind of almost circles back to your imposter syndrome of I think that like you yeah. have been riding this like not to be like riding the views wave, <laughs> but like you have been riding a wave of growth over the last I mean over the last four years, but but really the last six months. But I feel like it is always kind of peaking. I feel like before six months ago, we were like, oh my gosh, the last two months we've gone from whatever, 50,000 to 100,000. or And so I think it's hard because it feels like you're at the peak of that. But I think you, not you always will be because there might come a day where YouTube doesn't exist or where you don't want to be on the platform. But I, I think that I don't know. There will be a tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Well, I think another thing is with YouTube, there's no end goal. Like, there's no, like, once I do this, I will have made it. And so you get to the place that you always wanted to be, and then you're looking to the next thing. Like, I was reading my journal from when I first started my channel. I was still keeping a journal back then. And I remember I wrote in my journal, I was like, if I could reach 5,000 subscribers, I will feel like I would have made it. Like, I will feel like I've done everything I wanted to do. And then it was, once I got there, then it was 20,000, then 100,000, then 500,000. Now it's like, once I get to a million, I will have made it. And it's like, no, I need to be happy with where I am in my personal life and in my channel right now. Because just because I get to a million subscribers doesn't mean I'm going to feel like I don't, I'm not an imposter anymore. Well, and also I think going off of that, I having more subscribers isn't necessarily a good thing I think that I think that for us I mean especially you because you're the face of the channel I think that we want the message of body positivity to be as widespread as possible because we talk about a lot the people who are searching for that content might not need it they might be watching other people in that category they might be already on that journey with themselves and they're just looking to continue it whereas you know like a dad in their 40s who sees you in their recommended tab might really need that message but wouldn't search like body body positivity positivity. and so it's hard because as as your net grows you're you're gaining people who aren't necessarily searching for you but they need it but they need it but also people who might not want it you know and might be getting spammed with it or might just you know be unkind and 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 that's the thing is it's like I think I wish I would have appreciated when my channel was because I still think of myself as a small creator but I know I'm like technically not but I'm not like you know one of these massive huge influencers but I I have a bigger following now but back when I had you know 20 30 40,000 followers and I was getting a couple thousand views a video all of the comments were so positive and I had this awesome community where I knew everyone who commented on my videos and like we would talk and we would DM and that is so special but I'm so glad that more people are getting that message but now you know I do have to understand that if I have a video that goes viral and I get two million views that's great because now you know two million new people well maybe not two million but let's say a million and a half new people who needed that message are seeing it but there's also a lot of people who are seeing that video who just want to make degrading comments about my body. Yeah. It's such a hard thing. Well, and we talk about a lot too, even like both of us come from theater. If you're doing like a community theater production or like a local professional production, that can maybe reach a couple thousand people. Yeah. Whereas your videos are reaching hundreds of thousands of people in a single day. Which my brain still can't grasp. (laughs) And so... It's so hard because I don't think we can, like, as humans can comprehend that. Yeah. Like, we talk about that a lot. Of, like, it is not normal. <laughs> like, it, 
like our phones and social media and everything is just like our human brains can't handle it they can't handle the positives of it they can't handle the negatives like it's not normal to scroll through a bunch of tragedies on twitter and then like click on a kim kardashian article like it's not (laughs) your brain can't like move past it like for me like I I get I get overwhelmingly positive comments which I'm so so grateful for and if you're listening to this podcast I'm sure that you are one of those people who is like wonderful and kind but like I don't think the human brain is meant to like see comments just degrading your appearance day in and day out or the opposite nice comments yeah like how often are you in public where someone is like oh my gosh like you're the most beautiful person ever or just like yells like queen at you (laughs) like that I wish that happened and I feel like I try and do that to other people I'm constantly like I love your eyelashes your hair is so pretty (laughs) but I feel like that's so not normal and so I feel like Mm. you have a really good head on your shoulders but for some other creators I feel like that's why the ego is so big and that's why they feel the need to like facetune themselves and constantly make themselves a if you can't see I'm doing air quotes better version of themselves because they want to live up to that Ooh, that's deep they want to live up to that that perfect idea that people are telling them that they are if you're getting thousands of comments a minute saying like body goals oh my gosh this is inspiring me to diet and then you gain 10 15 20 pounds I think that could be a big yeah (laughs) I feel like that's a breakthrough for me (laughs) no but it's it's so true and that's why like uh, it makes me so happy when I see creators who aren't necessarily like a body positive channel which my channel wasn't when I started getting into body positivity Mm -hmm. because like we all need it and like and also especially when their fans aren't critical of them because I think the problem is to is with any issue or any community, even I'm sure like in the gaming community, once you get far enough into it, people expect you to be an expert if you're going to speak on it at all. That's true. And I think especially with body positivity, it's such a journey. Mm -hmm. It's not like gaming where you can just like binge game and, you know, figure out like the best ways to be a Twitch streamer. Skylar trying to talk about gaming. (laughs) Kyle's going to text me and be like, please delete. Like, (laughs) delete your channel. Delete this video. But seriously, but I feel like with body positivity, it's something that everyone is working on, no matter who you are, what, like, age and gender, religion, yeah. anything. And and it's not something that you can become a pro in overnight. The, the way that you talk about yourself, the way that you talk about others. I'm always going to slip up. I'm always going to say something that's a little problematic, and, and I'm I'm working on that. And I think yeah. it's, it's trying to lift up creators who are getting into it for the mm-hmm. first time, getting into body positivity and body confidence. And, like, find – I don't know. It's such a hard line because you want to encourage them to, to look into it, but you do still have to be careful when you're on a platform mm-hmm. that you're not spreading a negative message. Especially – I mean, especially I feel like the people who are getting into it are mostly beauty gurus or people in the fashion yeah. lifestyle space who do primarily have, like, a young female audience. Mm-hmm. I think that it's hard to – call yourself body positive or call yourself like a safe space for women and then heavily photoshop yourself get lots of you know botox or body modifications it's just a it it's a hard it's hard and and we're we're always gonna say things that you know maybe in a month we won't agree with anymore and that's because you've told me that there are videos on your channel that you wish you could delete because you've changed your stance since then but you're going to keep them up because it's important to show progress. Yeah. It's important to show, like, that you have grown not only as a creator but as, as a, person. a person, you know, and yeah. that 
we all are on a journey. And that's another thing with being a YouTuber is that like, you know, for most people, their self five years ago isn't recorded anywhere. Like, mm-hmm. you're just... Thank goodness. And I'm so <laughs> glad I didn't start YouTube as like a 14-year-old because, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, was I a little brat when I was 14? And like, I and I see these young creators who are getting started when they're 14 or 15 and I'm like, you know, like, that is so awesome, good for you, but like, it's going to be hard for them to change online because everyone's going to mm-hmm. say, oh, I miss the old you, but like you know people change like oh and, yeah. and and if if you started youtube when you like i started youtube when i was 19 i'm 23 mm-hmm. i was a 19 year old college student living in my first apartment like living off ramen you and Stephen were just dating we were dating we didn't live together and now like i we're married we have a house i work with my best friend like it's just so different mm-hmm. and so of course who i am is going to evolve well, and also, I think who you are as a person evolves, but also, like, who you are physically evolves and what your style is evolves and what kind of videos you make evolve. I think that it's it's hard to kind of balance people saying, like, you've changed in who you are and what you stand for, but also, like, you've changed in what you look like. Yeah. You know? Oh, the fact that people can scroll back and look at me, you know, 20 pounds ago and put those photos next to each other well, 20 pounds ago and like potentially like the photos altered yeah. you know if you weren't in like the best headspace yeah because I mean I've talked openly I used to facetune the crap out of my photos before I started YouTube when I started YouTube I was already done with that yeah. but like it I mean people can look back at those photos and be like oh wow like she was like even I posted like uh on my Instagram like a, a before and after and I did air quotes like a different kind of before and after yeah and so many people were like, wow, you used to be so pretty. And I'm like, well, yeah, but I was also a much different person. And I'm like, I think I'm pretty now. Well, even like for me on a much smaller level, when we posted a video with Carrie on your vlog channel, yeah. a couple people scrolled down and I had a photo of like Kyle and I in San Francisco like walking. And I was like walking off the tacos and people were commenting being like, you would never <gasps> post this now. Really? Yeah. And oh, I was, I whoa. like, I left it up and I was like, I mean, I honestly, I don't think even back then I meant it in a bad way. I think we genuinely ate a lot of tacos and didn't restrict ourselves. But, like, I... You wouldn't caption it that way now. Yeah, and I think it's important to show growth. Yeah. You know, like, I think, I think obviously, like, that was my mind space or my head space back then. And so, to show that now I wouldn't post that, now I wouldn't think that... But not to ignore that that's where I was at, you know? But if you weren't online, if you weren't, like, part of my channel, none of your people you know in real life would go back on that post and be like, you'd never post this now because that's, like, it's documented online forever. Yeah. Well, but I think even just as a real person, like, I mean, obviously both of us are real people, but (laughs) as someone who doesn't have people who don't know them in their personal lives following them, you can scroll back and see stuff that you posted that, like, maybe you wouldn't post now, whether that's, like, political or, you know, I I think we all evolve and it's really hard when there are, like, teenagers who are getting scrutinized. It makes me sad. It's just unfair. I mean, they're choosing to put it out there. Yeah. They're monetizing it. They're family supportive. Whoever's letting them do it is letting them do it. But it is kind of an iffy line when people are able to comment on it. Yeah, and I think, I mean, obviously we're talking about some of the negative stuff, stuff involving YouTube. But at the end of the day, like, anyone who's making a living online, we are living the dream. And mm-hmm. and I, I think there is a fine line between understanding that creators have struggles that not everyone sees. But also, like, we all should be grateful. Like, we yeah. have the coolest job. So, yeah, like... 
complain about things that are hard, vent about things that are hard, be honest about the struggles, but like don't forget that if you weren't doing this, you would have to be, you know, working a desk job or working in food service or something that maybe wouldn't have been as fulfilling for you. And like, we are so lucky. Well, and you're so lucky that you get to just be authentically you. That's true. You know, like you, you can go to work in your pajamas and just be like, you can vlog it and be like, hey, this is me today. Like, this is where I'm at. You can vlog you crying. You can vlog you, like, at your wedding and your happiest moments. I think it's awesome that you, especially, like, for people who are in your position where you have a vlog channel, your job is to document your life. We talk about that a lot. It's cool that all the time in my recommended will be, like, a trip that we took to Mexico with our husbands, like, four years ago. Yeah. You know? It's it's, so, it is so cool. It's, like, what I always tell Skylar is it's, like, if your old home videos were shared with other people. That's yes. what it feels like. Yeah. And it's 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 the coolest job in the world. And I'm so glad that we got to talk with you guys about like the behind the scenes aspect of everything. So I think we've kind of touched on everything we wanted to touch on. Yeah. The way we want to end every episode is we have a voicemail hotline where you guys can leave. Call in. Call in now. You guys can leave questions um, that you want advice on and we will give advice on it. Um, we are not licensed advisors. <laughs> yeah. So please don't it's come for us if any of our advice is, doesn't turn out well for you. And if you. it's terrible because it probably will be. So take it with a grain of salt. But um, you guys can call in at at 8778 Sierra, which is so cool. <laughs> Love that for us. Um, so let me grab my phone because I pulled three voicemails, all of different levels of seriousness, and we are going to answer them. I am so excited. Okay, so let's start with this one. Hey, Sierra, longtime fan here. Um, I'm calling to ask you about some relationship advice. I know that you're happily married and you're a very, you know, just successful, happily married woman. And I guess I was wondering if you kind of believe in the one. Like, I'm recently coming off of a long relationship and I've been questioning the idea of is there a one? Is there a soulmate? So I would love your advice. Um, Keep doing you, girl. Thank you. That's so sweet. I know. <laughs> Love you. Whoever Love you. I don't think you said your name, but big fan. Um. Okay, so, so first, just the idea of, I think every time I've come out of a breakup, I always questioned that same idea because I, I fall hard. Like, that's the kind yeah. of person I am. I take a long time to fall, and then when I do, I fall hard. And coming out of that relationship, it's so difficult because you think, you thought that person was endgame for you. Mm-hmm. I also think this question is interesting. I'm really... I'm really fascinated to hear your response, but no. I think you're going to have a very different response. On um, the idea of soulmates. Yeah. Uh, okay, so the idea of the one. Um, I think there is a type of person who each of us is best suited for. I don't believe in in one person, no matter what, like that's who you're meant to be with. Um, I believe there are probably a handful of people, maybe even hundreds of people who are in that same personality type character type that you are going to be most compatible with and it's finding those people and working towards that relationship because you can have that person who is quote-unquote the one for you but if you both aren't willing to you know like work towards it then it's it's never gonna be that end relationship I also think that I mean going into this I believe in it so let me preface that but I also think that having that mindset, especially coming out of a breakup, can be really toxic because mm-hmm. it pushes like, we need to work through it even though we're fighting every day. They're the only one for me. And if I'm not with them, I'm not going to be with anyone else. That's I, true. I definitely don't think that's the case. Yeah. 
I also think this is like a bigger question about what you believe in religious or like what your religious beliefs are. Yeah. And I mean, to me, the idea of soulmates kind of goes back to like reincarnation because yeah. it's like saying that it's someone who's traveled with you through multiple lives. I don't think if you were an atheist or an agnostic person that you would necessarily believe in the one. And so, I, I'm sure there are people, though, right, that are atheists or agnostic and believe in the one. I don't know. I don't Comment so. down below because yeah. I don't know how you – I mean, I'm open to anything, but I think that with that you have to believe in some sort of higher power, right? Because you're saying that there's only one person hmm. on the planet who's in the same lifetime as you who's compatible with you. So do you believe in just one soulmate? Like, do you believe so, that you and Kyle, no matter what, I mean, have to be together? I mean, as you'll learn throughout this podcast, I'm kind of granola. I'm pretty hippy-dippy. <laughs> I actually believe in multiple soulmates, but I think that – people can be your soulmates for different reasons. Like, I think my grandma Jackie is my soulmate. Yeah. Which is, like, kind of weird. But I think that it's people who, not, like, no matter, no matter the situation, like, they are in your life. First, in some way. Yeah. Like, I think there is... Not necessarily romantically. Yeah. I think, I think, like, even with Kyle and I, like, there is no way that we wouldn't have met and wouldn't have been together. Like, the way that everything is stacked up in our lives, we... We're connected in so many different levels and through so many different people. And I think it was meant to be. And I think, like, the same with my grandma. We're so connected and there have been so many different family things that have happened or even just, like, the views that we hold politically or socially that should tear us apart. But for some reason just can't quit each other you know I think that there there are certain people who you like I think you're my soulmate I was gonna I was literally gonna ask you that I was gonna say I was gonna say do you think we're soulmates I mean I think like I think yeah which in the next episode we'll talk about how we met but like we really shouldn't have like reconnected well well, so the problem is is that we've met twice yeah I think that I think that's my thing is I think it's someone who like you just can't quit like we met once but it doesn't have to be romantic yeah but I I mean I think that For Kyle and I, in this lifetime, it is romantic. Mm -hmm. Who knows? In a past life, Kyle could have been, like, my uncle. Or, like, (laughs) my son or my daughter, you know? But I think that it's people who, like, who you cross paths with a lot. (laughs) He was your daddy in that life, and now he's your daddy in this life. Oh, God. (laughs) The comments. Okay, I have, um, this one's just for you. Like, I pulled this one just for you. Oh, I'm really excited. Hi, Sierra and Skylar. You did say any type of advice, and I do need some advice. My, this is going to sound crazy, but I'm being 100% (gasps) true. My cat Puff pees on everything. Sierra, I really can help, but maybe Skylar can. Can you give me some advice to get my cat to stop peeing on everything, like my bed, in my couch, in my clothes? It could be appreciated. Thanks. Love oh. the new project. Love you both. Bye. Oh, love you. Love your cat. Did she say his name was Puff? I think she said Hal. Oh, I thought you were Puff. <laughs> that's a very different thing. Also, I love that, like, I don't have a big following, but that's my brand. It's like stopping cat pee. Do, do, you, oh. have an, do you have an actual Okay, answer? so I actually have practical So Skylar has this. two cats. Olive and Toothless. Shout out, especially to Olive. <laughs> um, but she... She's my angel baby sent from heaven above, but also she pees on all of my plants. And all live your plants? All live my plants, especially my expensive ones. Mm. Like she just knows like my fiddle leaf figs that like are very delicate, she will pee on them. So I don't have cats that pee on like my clothes, mm-hmm. but for plants specifically, mm-hmm. 
if you if you want to start out rocks help so if you place rocks around your plant Mm -hmm. it makes it so that they don't want to stand on them which helps and also is like visually appealing Mm -hmm. if that's failing good old tinfoil because they just absolutely will not stand on tinfoil so if you put that in the base of your plants that will help also there are sprays that you can spray on things so that would help with like your couch Maybe not your clothes, but they have, like, scratch scratch off sprays for oh. if your cat likes to scratch things. Oh. And then also, like, ones that make them not want to pee on them. So, so there's my cat pee segment. <laughs> does the tinfoil, like, like, does it train them not to pee? Or do you have to keep the tinfoil on the plant forever? Or would they learn? Like, I guess it just depends on how smart your cat is. <laughs> Maybe you could just trick them. But I think for my cats, it's, like, a permanent thing. Yeah. So I do the rocks and... I think Olive still pees on my stuff sometimes, but I'm not about to have tinfoil all over my house. Well, good luck with Hal slash Puff and... Love you, Hal. His shout pain. out. Shout out. I love that you gave a shout out to Olive and not Toothless. I said Toothless. I, I said his name. I don't know. I mean, that's a different issue. I mean, Toothless is my boyfriend. Um, also, we have these cute little phones on the desk, but obviously they don't work. They're just so. cute. So advice time, but I'm going to play it for my actual phone. Okay. Here's our last one. Hi, Sierra. My name is Caroline. Um, I saw your Instagram post, so I just wanted to call and ask a question or ask uh, for a bit of advice. Um, I am a curvy plus-sized girl, just like yourself, Uh, and I really am confident about my body. You know, I wear what I want when I want, but sometimes I do catch myself feeling down and just not wearing what I want because I'm uncomfortable looking at myself, so I was just wondering if you had any tips on how to stay positive. Thank you so much. I love your channel. I love you, and you're such an inspiration. Bye. Love you, Caroline. That's so cute. What a sweet girl. Um, I love that you are already, like, living that truth of, like, you know that you are beautiful and that you look great and then that doesn't affect, like, your size doesn't affect that. But I so relate to still having those days where you look in the mirror and you're not happy. Yeah. I mean, I think everyone does at every size. And I think it's not, it's not holding yourself to that. I think it's kind of threefold. First is, like, not holding yourself to that standard where you get down on yourself if you aren't always body positive because that's normal like I have days like that where I'm not happy and I think first it's just don't be so hard on yourself it's okay to have those struggles and that doesn't mean that you're not confident or that you're not body positive that's very normal and second um is having strategies to get out of that headspace Mm -hmm. so that you don't let yourself just like fester in it and and go down that like rabbit hole of self-deprecation yeah um for me a big thing is like reaching out to people around me who I know are body positive and will lift me up like I'll text Skylar I'll text my mom I've texted Carrie before like it's just having identify people in your life who who can help you when you're in that headspace and leaning on those people and even if if you don't want to reach out to people like maybe it's like a certain outfit that makes you feel good maybe it's a certain thing that you can do to help yourself get out of that headspace and third I think it's it's just continuing to work on it. Mm-hmm. And I think everything you just said also applies for, like, all mental illness. You know, I think, like, dealing yeah. with anxiety or depression or any of those other issues, I feel like it's the same thing. It's, like, avoid triggers. Go to people who you know love and support you. Ask for help. Did I just regurgitate all this stuff from when I used to be in therapy? But for body positivity, I think I did. <laughs> That's great. Free therapy. Yeah, you're welcome. But um, we are unlicensed. Yeah. Don't take our advice. Don't take our advice. Um, but, yeah, I think just, like, 
there's this idea that and Skylar talks about it a lot that like there's an end goal to body positivity and that someday every day you will wake up and you will feel beautiful and you will feel empowered and that's not realistic and it's it's okay to have days that are bad and and it's okay to be open and vulnerable about vulnerable about that um so Caroline if you're having that day like it's okay like you're 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 still body positive you're still confident and just really work on ways to make sure it doesn't get worse I think and also I just want to say especially as women I feel like so much emphasis is put onto how we look and that like so much of our value is put into that yeah that is not what's important like it is great to take pride in your body and to take ownership because especially like I feel very grateful that I'm able-bodied, I can go on hikes, I can go on runs, I can do all the things I want to do, but, like, I also am a wife and a best friend and an entrepreneur and all these other things. And a very, very talented lighting designer and producer and, like, and it's, I, I love that you said that and that you touched on that because you can take those moments where you're not feeling great about your appearance to acknowledge the things that aren't about your looks that you love. Maybe you're really kind-hearted or maybe you're a leader or, you know, I think that so much of body positivity is focused on fixing how you feel about your body. And I think that that's the goal, but that's not always attainable, especially in a day. If you're having a hard day and you have to go to a wedding or a meeting or some big event, maybe focus on your relationship to those people and how much you mean to them and just what you contribute to the world and not just how you look in the mirror retweet (laughs) oh my gosh that was so good Uh, I I think that's so true and I think I forget that a lot of like there's so much more value in us than just our appearance and yeah it's great to work on being more confident and accepting our body and our curves and everything else but also like accept the other awesome things about you like Caroline like what what else is great about you like yeah identify some of your personality traits like what do you do for work like how are your relationships with your family members like do people rely on you like even I feel like for a person who's not an influencer, like, my family relies on me, and my husband relies on me, and my pets rely on me. I was going to say me. your cats. Yeah. My hamster. And your hamster. Poopy. <laughs> Her name is not Poopy. Her name is Poopy. Skylar has a hamster named Poopy. Her name is Poppy. It's poopy. And also, Steven, my hamster's not a he. She's a she. <laughs> my husband, Steven, always calls her, her hamster Poopy and says he. So, like... And I don't think he's joking. No, like, he'll be like, how's, how is he? How's Poopy? Like, he genuinely wants to know, which is, like, really sweet that he's asking about my hamster because I could talk about my hamster all day long. But also, like, stop misgendering my hamster. <laughs> you feel? And giving R- it the wrong name. Sierra, you're not going to say retweet to that? Uh, to stop n- misgendering my no, hamster? No, because I'm going to keep calling... I, well, okay, I call her her, but I will call her Poopy because that is her name anyways maybe we should wrap it up yeah thank you guys so much for watching um or listening or whatever platform you are on i'm so excited to take this journey with you and also with you guys um because there's just so much more that we can dive into in podcast form i know and i'm so excited for our next episode too. too we have some i i will probably spill the tea again oh 
Oh, I for sure will. <laughs> the tea will be spilled. Um, and if there are any episode topics that you guys want to hear us talk on, leave those in the comments and I on yeah. YouTube. Or if you're listening on our audio platform, you can always DM them to me and I read my DMs. So. Also, leave us a review on iTunes. Oh, look. I forgot to say that. Look at you. Oh, I know. and follow Skylar on Instagram. She would never oh. say that, but she's almost to 10,000 and I want her to get the swipe up. So I don't care about followers, but I do want the swipe up. So <laughs> we can just cap it at 10,000 and then... I'm good. Then you're going to, like, make it private. You're like, no more followers. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> private? That is so extreme. Never. But I am at Sky P. Yeah. S-K-Y and, dot P underscore. And you can follow me, too, but that doesn't matter as much because, like, I don't really uh, care. I just want you guys to follow Actually, it matters Skylar. a lot more. It's your livelihood. <laughs> All but. right. Thank you guys so much for watching. Bye. Bye.